Faith and Reason Podcasts, new media for the new evangelization from Franciscan University of Steubenville. Find more at faithandreason.com. Thank you so much for the kind introduction, and thank you for all of you here for the Science and Faith Conference. It's been wonderful spending this weekend together with you. And for the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to take a look at kind of from a different perspective of seeing how science and faith fit together. So for me, as both a scientist and as a sister, it's been beautiful just seeing how the Lord reveals himself to us through the creation around us. So here in this image here, we have an artist rendition of Biron from the 19th century of the six days of creation, so God creating the world. And as we heard from Father Sean Sheridan yesterday, talking about how what we learn from science and what we learn from faith can ultimately never contradict each other. You know, God, he's, all that he's revealed to us from faith, you know, he's directly revealing that to us. All that he's created in creation, he's created that as well. So ultimately, those are going to be consistent. And I'm going to look at some of the ways how, through looking at the created world around us, the Lord is revealing himself to us. And this isn't unique to just my perspective. You know, we see our Lord making reference to the created world around us. And we're talking about in the gospel reading today, how you don't get figs from thorn bushes or grapes from brambles, you know, so Jesus himself used these sorts of analogies. Also other saints as well, thinking about St. Francis with the canticle of creatures, talking about how each of the things in creation by being what it is, is giving praise to the Lord, reflecting some sort of God's greatness. Also, I have some quotes from St. Bonaventure, who's been rather popular this weekend amongst the different speakers. So this is also from the Journey of the Soul to God. Since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood through the things that are made. So by looking at the world around us, there's going to, we're going to be able to find there are certain attributes of God that we can see reflected in the world around us, both in you know, the people in our lives, but also looking from a sci science perspective, looking at things at biology, going more detail with chemistry and different things like that. And then by the light externally given, so from the things that we're looking at around us, we're disposed to re-enter the mirror of the mind, wherein shine forth divine things. So by going from what we see in the world around us, we can then go further in ways that bring us higher towards the Lord. So as a biochemist, one of the things you look at is protein structures. We saw from Dr. Keeble yesterday showing us some of these different protein structures. And I was very amazed when I came across this one. I was just actually looking up different protein structures for carbonic anhydrase, seeing how it had its active site residues doing the chemistry. And I came across this one. And I was like, oh my goodness. What do you, you know, if you look at this, you notice there's triangles there, which makes you think of the Trinity. Now, this, this is the only protein I've seen this way. I haven't seen all the different protein structures. But I was very amazed with this and just seeing, it's kind of like God smiling at us through this. You know, this bacterial protein, there's this, you know, it's a trimer, there's three of these together, seeing the Trinity there. And just thinking about, you know, the Lord, he created this intentionally. My hand made all these things when all of them came to be, says the Lord. So just thinking about how the Lord is revealing himself to us through creation. And sometimes it's things like this that can bring us closer to the Lord. It's kind of like, imagine, you know, say you're from, you know, Vermont or somewhere. You're walking through the parking lot and you see a car with a Vermont license plate. All of a sudden, you know, you're reminded of that person that you love. And sometimes how God's workings in creation can be kind of like that too. So by 
given these reminders, it then brings our mind and our heart back to God and draws us deeper to him. So thinking about science, oh, that one should have been appearing later, forgot to change the animation for that. So this is where we're eventually heading towards. So say you have a microscope and you're looking at some cells in a culture dish and you're wanting to look for them. Now initially, if you don't have the focus right, you might just see it looks like, no, there's nothing there, you don't really see anything. Now if you know that, wait, I should be seeing something here, I'm going to take the time, I'm going to adjust the focus, try to find what I'm looking for. So as you're adjusting it, you might end up seeing just the container, kind of like seeing the scratches on the surface. So you might be seeing something, but if you know what you're looking for, you might be realize, wait, this isn't really what I'm looking for. There's something more important that I'm looking for here. And if you continue adjusting it, then you can actually find the cells that you're looking for. Here, these are a picture of some adult human stem cells. But the idea is looking at here, if we have our faith in our hearts, if we know through faith that God is revealing himself to us through creation, he's the God of revelation, he wants to reveal himself. If you know something's there, you're going to be looking for it. And it's also important to have that sense knowing, be able to kind of recognize that truth when we find it. So that's the case of knowing the difference between just the container that the cells are in versus what we're actually looking for. You can also think about this in terms of, you know, just our interactions with the people around us. When you're talking with someone, are you seeing, you know, just the you know, container, just you know, their appearances, or are you seeing deeper, seeing the heart? So it's important to have our focus, right? To be focusing on what's really important. So as we look in a little bit more deeper from the microscope, going on to chemistry, things that are even too small to see under a microscope, if you think about, in chemical bonding, there's actually a lot of revelation that you can see from our relationship with God, how he's calling us deeper towards him. So if you think about ionic bonding, so if you have a sodium atom coming down with a chlorine atom, so there's this what's known as an octet rule, where certain atoms are most stable, you notice those kind of layers of these shells of electrons, are most stable if they have eight electrons in their outer shell. So we start with the sodium just has one in its outer shell, the chlorine has seven. So the sodium can become most stable if it gets rid of the one and gives it to the chlorine. So now chlorine has eight in its outer shell, and sodium would have zero in what would have been its outer shell. Now it has an, this shell here becomes its outer shell, so it has eight too. You think about that, if you think about how that sodium atom is kind of like us. We have in our poverty, we have that little bit that we can offer to the Lord. And really, all that we have is what he's given to us. And then the chlorine is like God. It's kind of like by giving us that love that he wants us to return to him, it's as if he's left this longing in his heart where he's longing for us, and he wants us to give that return to him. Now, true, God, he's completely self-sufficient. He doesn't need us. But yet, if we don't give our lives to him, if we don't love him, there, there is something missing there if we're not there in his heart. So he's longing that chlorine atom is longing for that left arm from the sodium atom. And really, that sodium atom, it becomes so much more stable too after it gets rid of that little once it has that outer part, that surface stuff that it was holding onto, once it's given it up, there's now a bond that's formed. Now the sodium ion and the chloride ion are so much closer together than they were before, there's that bond formed there. So this is an ionic bond where that electron is totally given. So that's one way we can think about looking at the world around us and seeing how this brings us closer to God. We can also see this through another type of bonding from covalent bonding. 
So in this type, instead of one electron being totally given from one atom to another atom, the two come together and they're sharing those electrons. So here if we look at two hydrogen atoms, and for hydrogen, it's going to be most stable and it has two electrons in its outer shell. So it doesn't need the eight electrons. So if we have these two coming together, then they're able to share those electrons so each one has its outer shell filled. So we think about this. This is just drawn showing the electron, the electron cloud of each of the atoms as they come closer together. They end up being totally shared between those two atoms. So if we look at that, there's a couple of insights we can gain from this. So as the atoms come closer and closer to each other, initially there's a little bit of attraction, but as they get closer together, there's more of an attraction, that bond forms. So as you grow closer to the Lord, that attraction grows between us. And also how we look at this hydrogen on the left, it's both sharing its electron with the other atom, but it's also offering within itself that place for the other electron to go. So say in prayer with the Lord, we're both offering ourselves to him, we're offering that electron, but then we're also, there's that receptivity, we're offering that place within our heart, within ourselves, for the Lord to give himself in that covalent bond. And also, once that covalent bond is formed, you can't tell which of those two atoms that electron initially came from. They're basically this, both the same. We think about, there's that divine aspect to love, how on our own we can never love, it's only because the Lord has given us that love. You can see that reflected there as well. And you might say, wait, but if you're looking at this model with the covalent, covalent bonding, it almost seems like it's saying that, wait, are you saying that we're the same as God? So no, we aren't the same as God. And yet, in St. Peter's letter, he talks about how Christ came in order to make us partakers of the divine nature. So there is that certain aspect of the Lord that he does elevate ourselves towards him. And we see that reflected in that covalent bonding there as well. Now if we look a little bit more deeper at covalent bonding, if we look at the energy of these different electrons and what happens before and after the bond is formed, we'll see some more insights here too. So here we have on the left side one hydrogen atom when it's just separate, not part of a bond. Here we have another hydrogen atom when it's separate, not bonded. And now for here, the lower the energy level is, so the lower down you are, that's going to be the more stable. So that's going to be better the lower that we get. The higher that you get, you don't want to be there, that's more unstable. So if you look at what happens when the two hydrogens form a bond, when you form a covalent bond between two atoms, before they started out, they had a certain amount of stability, but once they came together, it's even more stable than it was before. So you notice, apart, it's higher energy compared to when they're together. And just thinking in my own life, growing up, I knew the Lord, but I wasn't really that close to him. So it's kind of like, I was over here, the Lord was over there, I thought I was doing okay. And yet, once I came to know him more, once I started falling in love with him, I realized, oh my goodness, it's so much better with him. So then, suddenly down there in that bonding molecular orbital, so MO stands for molecular orbital, so when the electrons together throughout that whole molecule, so notice that once the covalent bond is formed, it's deeper, it's more stable. We could also look at, okay, so sometimes in our lives, we may be trying to do things on our own, perhaps more than the Lord is calling us to. It's kind of like trying to jump up to that higher orbital. The problem is, if it's not where the Lord's calling us, if we're trying to do those things on our own and not apart from him, we could end up in the anti-bonding orbital, so we're actually more unstable than before we started, and we're not bonded together with him. 
Now, there are times, of course, he calls us to go out of ourselves, and it's actually chemical reactions where you do have to go up into that higher orbital to happen. But let the Lord be the one guiding you in those ways. So now, let's go ahead and zoom back out a bit so we can look at some of these details, what's happening within the chemistry. So we zoom back out and think about the human heart, or really just any heart. Think about how the heart works. It both gives and receives. The heart with the circulatory system, it's sending that blood throughout the system, but it also is receiving and coming back into it. Now, if a heart were only to be receiving and not giving, think about what would happen. It'd be getting, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger, but not in a good, healthy way. It would then become weaker, distended, no longer able to function as a heart. So we have to, we can't just receive love from others or receive love from the Lord. We're called to give that exchange of love, that return. Same thing. You can't give without receiving. We see that from the heart as well, how the heart has to both be giving and receiving for it to be fully functional. We think about Jesus' sacred heart. So say if we, you know, we give from our wounds, we give him our sins, we place it within his heart. What happens to the blood that goes into the heart? It doesn't stay there, does it? It ends up going out. So you think about that way as well. And now at this point, I'd like to go off in kind of a little different direction with thinking about Today we're celebrating the Holy Name of Mary, and Father Sean at Mass this morning was talking about how religious receiving their names, and it's actually been through these science-type perspectives that led me to become Sister Lucy. So one morning during meditation, I was reflecting on God's love as light, thinking about how the plants, they need that light to be able to grow, to be able to survive. They're nothing without it, and thinking we're the same way with God's love. Without God's love, we're nothing. You know, I totally need that. I'm totally dependent on that. And then I was thinking about certain molecules I'd worked with when I was in graduate school called fluorophores. So you take a fluorophore and you shine light of one color on it, it absorbs that light, and then it releases light of a different color. So you could even take ultraviolet light that we can't see and shine it on these molecules and certain fluorophores, they might glow like this brilliant green or blue. So you, it looks like there's no light going onto them, but you can suddenly see the light. At that point, I was praying, Lord, just let me become your floor for so I need to receive God's love. <laughs> and then shine it out in ways that people can see. So sometimes the people around us, they may not know the Lord, they may not be able to receive his love at the point they're at in their lives, but sometimes through our actions, our kind words, the way we live our lives, or even just seeing us being faithful to the Lord in our lives, they're able to see that. That's like we're receiving God's love to let us do that, and then the way that we shine it out allows the people around us to see it. And also notice the floor for it. It doesn't create that light, does it? It receives the light and shines it on. To remember that, you know, I don't create that love. I receive it from the Lord, and then I shine it on. And now I just like to go back to return to that heart analogy. So an interesting fact, so if you take cardiac cells, the cells from the heart, if you're growing them, in a lab, in a tissue culture, have like a little dish with the cells growing in it. Once you get enough of them there, when they're bathed in the same fluid, you know what they do? They start beating, but not separately, they start beating all together. So thinking about how each of us being those cells with that heart as part of the body of Christ, if we're bathed in that same fluid, if we're bathed in the blood and water flowing from the side of Christ, he's going to be uniting us. We may be coming from the departments of theology, philosophy, science, all these different directions, and yet if we allow Christ to unite us, we're going to be beating together, working together as that heart within the body of Christ. So I just thank everyone for all of our speakers this weekend and 
you for being here. I just encourage you to continue to keep your eyes and your heart open as you go throughout the world and just really see all the ways that the Lord is revealing himself to you because he loves us so much and there's just so many ways that he communicates it to us. Thank you. Faith and Reason Podcasts, new media for the new evangelization from Franciscan University of Steubenville. Find more at faithandreason.com.